Last spring, you chose hardworking seed, but did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed perform on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com slash harvest. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports Powered by Overtime Media, I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we've been teasing this for a while, but we're finally going to dive in, kind of deep dive for our listeners on the Broncos' 2019 schedule. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about here. It's not the easiest docket. I don't think the NFL did the Broncos any favors with this schedule. Um, but I, They have enough coaching and I think talent to overcome it, but there's certain blocks that we're going to talk about here, Chad, that just make it absolutely insane for them. Yeah. Yep, we, it's going to be a, a heck of a year for the Broncos. I mean, well, well, we'll save the analysis for going through this. We'll go through each quarter of the season, give you our analysis. That's what we're going to do today. And then at the end, maybe we can kind of whip together a – Zach, we can kind of whip together a prediction, each of us, for yeah. what we expect to see. Now, the one caveat I think we should have our listeners understand, though, is that you know this is before the draft. The Broncos could flood the roster with even more talent. Obviously, they're going to flood the roster, but depending on exactly which prospects Denver brings in on the rookie class – it could affect the schedule. And so naturally, we'll see what the product on the field looks like in training camp. We'll see what the product on the field looks like during the preseason. And then on the doorstep of the regular season, we'll go through again and probably lay out another prediction. Don't you think, Zach? Yeah, for right now, we can lay out what we know based on the players the Broncos have and and the opponents as we know them. And then, like you said, as we get closer, we'll go through it again. It should be, we'll see if it changes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun episode today. Uh, first, a couple of quick matters of business. Just make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Also, some of you probably saw my tweet. Uh, some of you probably missed it, but we are in the final stretch of uh, our our run up to our our goal for getting 200 reviews on iTunes before the NFL draft. Now we're sitting at around 150, and we realize that getting 50 reviews on iTunes between now and Thursday evening. You know, it's it's a shot in the dark. It's going to be – it's still definitely achievable. We have the numbers. We have the listenership to achieve that. It's a matter of motivating everybody to get out there and do it. And I know we talk about this each and every episode. So Zach and I decided to, to try a little bit different tact. You guys have been doing great, by the way. You're doing great. We're just trying to reach that goal as best we can before the draft. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to, on Friday evening, 
Zach and I are going to announce the best review, most creative review that we like the most on iTunes. And, and that person, that fan, that listener of the show is going to get a piece of Mile High Huddle swag sent to them. It's a hat. It's a badass hat. Cool hat. Broncos colors, Mile High Huddle logo. We're going to send that out to the best review on iTunes between now and Friday. So take care of business. It's not hard to do. Find the show on iTunes. Scroll down. Leave a review, one or two sentences, whatever. Make it creative. Give us that five-star rating. We'll uh, go through and decide which one it's going to be in terms of the giveaway. And we will announce that Friday evening. Now, that'll be on a podcast for your listening pleasure on Saturday. So go take care of that. All right, Zach. So let's go through the schedule here. The Broncos, we'll go quarter by quarter of this season, right? 16 games. We'll go quarter by quarter, four games of blocks here. And the way this thing opens up for Denver, week one, they're on Monday Night Football, nationally televised. They're the second televised game on Monday Night Football that evening, Mm. kicking off at 8.20 Mountain Time, which is brutal for you, Zach, on East Coast time, (laughs) kicking off at 8.20 in the evening. So the Raiders, week two is Denver's home opener against the former uh, Vic Fangio's former team, the Chicago Bears. So we'll see how the Raiders game shakes out. You know, that's they split with the Raiders last year. That'll be a hard-fought game, I'm sure. But the Bears were a playoff team that made it to the divisional round and got bounced, obviously, but that's going to be a tough one. The next game, the Broncos go on the road to face Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, and then they wrap up that quarter of the season at home again versus Nick Foles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they start on the road, home, on the road, home to finish that quarter of the season. Now, Zach, we'll go through, you know, we can deep dive on each one of these games as much as we need to, but what jumps out to you on that early slate of games on the first quarter of the schedule? Uh, first of all, you're right. For the second time in three years, the Broncos got that second Monday night game, and covering it is is a pain. Honestly, it is. It's going to be a late night. I'm not looking forward to that, but uh, the Raiders are a much improved team, and even Vic Fangio talked about that. They picked up a lot of players this offseason. Still might get a, a Kyler Murray in the draft. They, they're going to be a tougher team than they were last year, so this matchup cannot be taken for granted. It's almost, to me, Chad, a must-win considering they come along to play the Bears. That's going to be a hard-fought game. Then they go to Green Bay to face Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. That's not going to be easy either. So you're looking, you might be looking at 0-3 in the face starting the season. To me, week one, if there is a must win, it definitely is that game. Set the tone, boost morale, defeat a divisional rival, and really uh, send a message to the rest of the NFL they're going to be competitive this year. Yeah. I mean, that Raiders game, so much depends, in my eyes, on what they do with those three first-round picks they have this year. Yeah. You know, because if they end up just hitting it out of the park with Mike Mayock, I mean, I didn't have much faith in Gruden's draft. Uh, acumen in last year, I think his his first his premium round picks were left a lot to be desired. I mean, Colton Miller, first tackle off the board, it was questionable to say the least. And that rookie class just didn't do much to help the Raiders last year, which is one of the reasons why they struggled so much. They showed some signs of life down the stretch, which is what uh, Broncos fans probably remember most. Because even though Denver beat Oakland early in the season, they lost on the road to Oakland late in the season. So uh, so much depends on what they're able to do in this draft. But I agree with you. If you're looking at on that first quarter of the schedule, the gimme games, so to speak, you know, the the uh, let's just call them better than 50-50 odds games. The ones you have to have. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those. And it's a divisional game, right? Yeah. So 
it really stacks up if you want to make a run in your division this year. You can't lose to, to John Gruden and the Raiders, even though it's on the road, to open the season. So my silver lining in this is that this is a different team. It's a veteran coach, a veteran coaching staff, with the exception of Rich Scangarello as offensive coordinator. And you've got a veteran quarterback who is no stranger to winning on the road. So, you know, we can we can talk about some of the reasons that, for example, my partner here, Zach, has skeptical feelings toward the Joe Flacco trade. <laughs> but one thing you can't deny is that he brings over a decade's worth of, of starting experience to the table, and he can win on the road. I mean, he has the most road w- playoff victories for a quarterback in NFL history, which is saying something. I mean, that's surprising. You know, it's, he has so. That's one thing that's so crazy about Joe Flacco, Zach, is he has some of these very distinguished um, statistical milestones and and things that he's accomplished as a quarterback, including being a Super Bowl MVP, and yet homeboys never even been to the Pro Bowl. Mm. I, it speaks to more, I think, to the team around him than him himself. I mean, he has a four thousand yard season on his resume. Uh, he has the talent. He's won on the NFL's biggest stage, so I don't think going into Oakland in week one is going to be too daunting for him. But they have to come out. It's going to be tough. It's the first game under Fangio, the first game with the new offense, so many new moving parts, Chad. I think as the season goes on, they'll, they'll grow more cohesive. But week one on the road in the black hole, it's not the easiest uh, setup by the NFL, regardless of how you slice it, all the Broncos' new players, they'll be in, in contention for that game. And I think they'll have a good chance to win it. It's just you could have had better gimme games in week one. I guess that's my point. Right. And then to go and face two NFC North foes in consecutive weeks in week two and week three, obviously that Bears game is going to have a storyline or an emotional significance with Vic Fangio, of course. That won't be an easy game. But, you know, of all the teams – last year that made the playoffs, Zach, the Chicago Bears are one of those who I think are the most likely to go from first to worst. They won the NFC North last year. They went 12-4. and four. It would not surprise me to see them kind of suffer a slump in the third year, I believe it is, of uh, Mitchell Trubisky's career. With Fangio leaving, and even though you still got so many stacked players on that defense, Callahan's gone, Adrian Amos is gone, you got Chuck Pagano coming in for the first time, and even though he's an experienced veteran defensive coordinator, they're changing schemes. You go from Fangio's 4-3 under to a pure kind of 3-4 attacking uh, defense from Chuck Pagano. So there's going to be some acclimation there. It's going to take some time for that to fully come together on the defensive side of the ball. And what we learned offensively, I mean, they traded away their their best running back, I thought, anyway. Jordan Howard's gone. And you take away the, the defense from being just a formidable strength, like an obvious tip of the spear for that team. Even though you still got Khalil Mack, even though you still got Roquan Smith, you got Danny Trevathan, there's so many pieces still there. I'm just not sure that defense is going to be anywhere near as good as it was under Fangio. So that that's one to circle, though, for sure. I can definitely see the Chicago regressing back to the mean this year. Um, I do not like the Pagano edition at all. And re- replacing uh, F- Fangio with Pagano is like going from Wade Phillips to uh, Vance Joseph. I don't like that move. <laughs> I think the defense will take a step back, though I do think the offense will take a step forward. Uh, Trubisky has shown great strides with uh, Matt Nagy. They have some offensive weapons there. It, it could pose a problem. I like the fact that the game is in Denver, though. It should give Fangio a little more of an advantage there. But Khalil Mack, Chad, on the edge versus Joe Flacco, who can't move in the pocket, that scares me. If that gets away from them, it has the potential to be a nightmare. 
one tip of, you know, feather in, in Fangio's cap too is he practiced against Matt Nagy's offense and he knows Mitchell Trubisky for two years going through OTAs and training camp with him for two seasons. So he's going to have a little bit of an advantage in terms of just that experience coaching and, and going against and Nagy's unit in training camp especially. But vice versa all, too. Yeah, that's true. But I'll I'll take the guy that's got, you know, two decades of coordinated experience over a guy like Nagy who's honestly as exciting and talented and gifted as he is as a coach is still really just getting his foot in the door with regard to, I mean, you compare his resume, even though he's a head coach, Fangio's now a head coach, you compare those resumes. I mean, it's like uh, trying to outsmart grandpa on the chessboard. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to go over no. too well. Next we have the Packers Jaguars before we move on to the second quarter of the season, Zach, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I, I try to bring Broncos fans back to everyone thinks, oh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, this is going to be a beatdown. Well, if you can think back to, I think it was week seven, it was basically Peyton Manning's last good game as a passer for the Denver Broncos in 2015 before his injury just took him out and he ended up missing all that time. But the Broncos just dominated the Packers, held Aaron Rodgers to his lowest, his worst game as a pro. He was under 100 yards passing. He got beat up and just run roughshod over by DeMarcus Ware, Von Miller, and everybody. So it can be done. And that was with Wade Phillips, of course, manipulating the board, calling this, calling the signals through to uh, Danny Trevathan and, and Brandon Marshall and those guys. It was a different unit. If this defense can be as good as it has the potential to be under Vic Fangio, even though it's on the road in Green Bay, I could see this being a lot more competitive than maybe some might be thinking this you know, early in the offseason. And then Jacksonville, Zach, who knows what the heck the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to look like next year. At least the Green Bay game, it's not in like December when it's going to be icy cold and snowing. So they get them in a good time. The Jacksonville game, to me, that's a gimme game. I don't believe in Nick Foles. I don't think he'll be as good anyway as he was in Philly and Jacksonville. They're going to be a middling team this year. That's a game the Broncos have to have, as we're going to talk about in just a second. They have a brutal stretch starting week five. So they have to have that Jacksonville game. And preferably, if they can spring an upset in Green Bay, uh, obviously it just gives them more momentum. I mean, honestly, if the Bronco, I think the best case scenario for the first quarter is three and one. That's absolutely yeah. like most optimistic. More reasonable, I think, is a two and two. Like if the Broncos can come out of that first quarter at two and two, and both those wins are in conference and division, so they beat the Raiders and the Jags, but maybe lose to the Packers and Bears. Yeah, that's a good not, point. It's not ideal, you know. Two and two is not anything to write home about. But it actually might set up okay for him. Let's go into the second quarter here. As you intimated, you got a brutal stretch of games, starting with going on the road in Week 5 to face the L.A. Chargers, which, oddly enough, the Broncos beat the Chargers on the road last year. Then at home for the Tennessee Titans, and then another home game. So back-to-back home games for the Broncos, but this time against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to be a Thursday night game, of course, nationally televised on NFL Network. And then the last game in this quarter is on the road to face Andrew Luck in the Indianapolis Colts. So what jumps out to you on this stretch of games, Zach? A lot of good quarterbacks are going to face. Uh, Rivers, Mariota, Mahomes, and Andrew Luck. It's not going to be easy. At least two of those games are at home, though, and they're kind of uh, back-to-back, and they kind of bookend the away games. It's tough. This is going to be a stretch where if they go any more than 2-2, two and two, 
a, a giant, massive, overwhelming success for them. The Tennessee game, to me, jumps out as the easiest of the bunch. I don't really have faith in Mike Vrabel there and over in Tennessee, but that the Chargers, you got the Chiefs, those are you know divisional games. I think the Colts are going to be really good this year again. That's going to be tough at Indy. Uh, Chiefs are never going to be easy in prime time. It's just tough, Chad. I mean, two and two at best there, yeah. I think. I mean, going back to the silver lining outlook, the one thing is the Kansas City Chiefs, the Broncos were one wide sailing pass to Demarius Thomas away from beating the Chiefs in Denver last year. And so I think, I mean, you look at what Vic Fangio, everyone thinks back to that crazy Monday night game, the Rams and Chiefs last year that they scored whatever it was. They each, I think, eclipsed 50 points, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that was an insane, insane game. Well, Vic Fangio put the kibosh on Sean McVay's L.A. Rams later on that year. Held him to the lowest scoring output in the Sean McVay era in L.A. Six points. And the Bears beat him, I think it was 15-6. to six. So he hasn't yet had a chance, Fangio, to square off from an X's and O's perspective with Patrick Mahomes. This will be his first shot. And I don't think you're going to see... Mahomes just go nuts on the Broncos from a from a scoring perspective or a total yards perspective. I think this is going to be a lot harder fought game than maybe fans are realizing. Everyone's trying to just shower Mahomes and justifiably so. Fifty touchdowns, stud, right? League MVP and deservedly so. He was a, he's a phenomenal player. But this is where I think you're going to start to see that there's a new sheriff in town and that the Denver Broncos are on the right path. This might not be 2019, the season in which everything turns in terms of the Broncos all of a sudden cha- you know, challenging for uh, world championships. But this is a season, I think, where they're able to kind of put their plant their flag in the ground and let everyone know, Zach, that there's a new era in Denver. And Vic Fangio, he's capable, he's confident, he's got this defense playing at a high level. And by this point, week seven, that's about where you want to see your, your defense start to hit its stride. Yeah, and even Fangio himself said, you know, pack your defense for the second half of the season. And who knows? Maybe the Chiefs won't be the same. Maybe Tyreek Hill is suspended. Maybe he's cut. Um, they are for sure capable of upsetting them. If they could do it last year or come within a snap of doing that, they could do it this year, certainly. I just think, based on what we know right now, I got to give Kansas City the benefit of the doubt a little bit. I just think, you know, sure. all these all these games consecutively, it's just brutal to me. The Chargers, notwithstanding, obviously, how well – I mean, just how balanced and deep their roster is. I just – you never know what to what to expect from a Chargers team. Like, that's another team I wouldn't be surprised to see him regress this year. You know, not necessarily double-digit losses or anything like that, but going from a 12-4 and four type of season last year to like 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. It wouldn't surprise me to see the Chargers because they're just the type of team that can't get out of their own way sometimes. Yeah. And Phillip Rivers, as great as he is as a quarterback, and I do believe he's one of the greats of this era, he's just – has this weird uh, penchant for just kind of stepping on his own you-know-what in weird points in the game when he should be clutch. Like, there's just something off about Phillip Rivers when he plays the Broncos anyway. I think the Broncos can beat the Chargers on the road. I think the Broncos can beat the Tennessee Titans at home. Uh, Now, the, the Chargers game, obviously, Broncos will not be favored to win that game. I think that's a game they can upset, though. Tennessee Titans, I have never been a believer in Marcus Mariota. I know he beat Denver in uh, 2017, which was the worst Broncos team that has ever existed under John Elway as a front <laughs> office czar. Vance Joseph's maiden uh, season as, as a head coach. I'm not a believer in Mariota personally. I think that's a game that Fangio lays the smack down on that quarterback. 
Then you got the Chiefs week seven that I think also they won't be obviously favored, the Broncos. I do think they can upset the Chiefs. And then that last game at the Colts, the Broncos just simply have a difficult time winning in Indianapolis, and I don't think that's going to change this year. I can definitely – I actually think that the Broncos could blow out the Titans. I could definitely see that happening. And to your point about the Chargers, though, I just happen to think that as long as you have a franchise quarterback like Phillip Rivers, a roster that's stacked from top to bottom on offense and defense, and a very well-coached team. So they're always going to be a thorn on the Broncos' side, and they're always going to play them tough. No doubt. All right, so that takes care of the second quarter. We move into the third quarter of the season, and it opens up with a home game against Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, followed by the bye. So this is where the Broncos get to lick their wounds in Week 10, hopefully get healthy, you know, bring a few more things to the table offensively, defensively, and try and come out of that on firing on all cylinders going on the road. This is where it just really gets gnarly. They go on the road coming out of the bye two games consecutively at Minnesota in Week 11, and then at the Buffalo Bills in Week 12, and then they close out the fourth game of the third quarter at home against the L.A. Chargers. First of all, everyone is going to watch, want to watch that Browns game, including myself with Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham. It's a you know it's a mile high. That game's going to be pretty lit. After that bye week, though, they have to pack their defense. They have to pack their um, their their sleep aids. I mean, four of their games after the bye are 11 a.m. kickoffs mm. locally. Yep. Two in a row, week 11 and week 12. I mean, that's that's not the greatest set of circumstances. The Broncos never do well in Buffalo. Everyone remembers the Tyrod Taylor, the Von Miller thing a couple years ago. Yep. It's not going to be easy. That Vikings game, though, Chad, that doesn't really scare me. I'm not too scared of Kirk Cousins and Gary Kubiak teaming up. But <laughs> after the Browns and that bye, they got to really, really focus because they do not play well in early kickoffs. They have a lot of them. Yeah. And that's going to be another one of the emotional slash storyline games to circle on the schedule. Fangio squaring off against Kubiak. They couldn't come to an accord and, uh, you know, figure out a way to stay married in Denver. They split Fangio and, and Kubiak. So even though you're not going to see Kubiak on the field with a headset on, my guess is he's going to be a guy up in the booth on game days, you know, calling down signals and, and what he's seeing to the offensive coordinator on the field. But it'll be built up, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of, in terms of content, preview in that game that's going to focus on the whole Fangio versus Kubiak aspect. But, you know, this is one of those opponents, Zach, where I could see them going from a worst to first situation. The Minnesota Vikings, obviously, the year before with Case Keenum were one game away from the Super Bowl. And then they just completely crapped the bed last year, regress with Kirk Cousins, which I've been trying to tell people there's no such thing as a free agent franchise quarterback. And he's proven that. But who knows? Maybe Kubiak can come in. His his best seasons were when he had Sean McVay as his coordinator there in Washington, the West Coast offense. He was drafted by Mike Shanahan, obviously, back in uh, 2012. So maybe you can find some kind of way to uh, elevate Kirk Cousins and get that running game going. And if the defense can kind of bounce back from a sort of average season last year under Mike Zimmer, which I have full faith that they can, Zach, I'm actually a huge Mike Zimmer fan. And that defense will probably play really well. One of the best coach units in the NFL. They still have the majority of their talent. That Vikings game, to me, I, I think I fear that one a little bit more than you. And that Bills game, who knows? I mean, I think that Bills game is going to come down to, does Josh Allen take the next steps? Zach? 
I, yeah, I think we differ on opinion on Minnesota. I, I like their defense. I like Zimmer. I just I don't have any faith in that offense. They go away from the run too much with Dalvin Cook. He's too injury prone. I don't know. I, I think even though it's in Minnesota and it's early game, uh, Denver should do well there. Buffalo, yeah, Josh Allen's not scary for me. Von Miller should have a couple sacks in that game. Bradley Chubb, too. To me, though, like I said, it's just the early kickoffs, and it's the psychological aspect. For a first-time head coach, a new coaching staff, an old quarterback, I just wonder how they'll be prepared for that. And that will know the difference between Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio, the preparedness and how they come out in those early afternoon kickoffs. Okay. We still have the final quarter of the season to dive into, plus a, a prediction of sorts to close out this episode. But first, you guys, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach. So let's take a look at the final stretch of this season. Week 14, the Broncos are on the road again, facing the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, a team that was in the playoffs last year. And in fairness, a team the Broncos should have beat last season. With Case Keenum and Vance Joseph, that should have been a win. In Denver, though, this game's going to be in Houston. Then it's followed by the, the away game at Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes next up on the schedule in week 15. Then home again against the Lions and home to close out the season. Two consecutive home games. Of course, this last one, the Oakland Raiders. So to me, and I'll serve this over to you, Zach, the silver lining here is that if the Broncos heading into the final quarter of the season, so down the stretch, if they are hovering around 500 or slightly above 500, this is where they can really close the distance because even though they have two playoff teams from last year in that final quarter the final two games are back-to-back home games against teams that did not make the playoffs so there's it's it sets up pretty well for a team trying to you know compete for the wild card and if you are by some chance in the conversation for the division you got two division games in the final quarter yeah and I think the Broncos and if they're in contention they will kick the crap out of the Lions I am not a fan of them at all I think Patricia's an awful coach they have no problem with that game and the Raiders they close out at home too that's also positive for Denver against a lesser team after playing just a brutal stretch this year but again Chad week 14 and 15 two road games two 11 a.m. kickoffs I mean, this schedule is ridiculous. It's like the NFL purposely punished the Broncos for not playing well in early afternoon kickoffs. It's going to be tough. Uh, that Texans game, Deshaun Watson, that offense, uh, you know, Hopkins, it's not going to be easy. I think they can pull that out. Chiefs, I think they'll split this year. So if they win in the, the first matchup, they'll probably yeah. lose here. The Lions, I have them winning. And if they're on the fence, I see them beating the, the Raiders. So it, it lightens up. But will they be competitive by the time Week 16 rolls around? Right. We don't know. Joe Flacco, this this is where, you know, everyone wants to point to the defense, and Fangio's not wrong that, you know, you come out of that bye and you go on the road four out of the next five games, and these are tough games too. I mean, <laughs> Minnesota, Buffalo, I can understand skepticism there, but the other two play, or, uh, are against playoff teams, Houston and Kansas City. And Fangio said, you know, that that's where that quote came into play, where he said, look, you got to be able to pack your defense and go on the road late in the season. And um, the defense is certainly going to have to carry its fair share of the water. But this is where, if you were right, John Elway, about Joe Flacco, this is where that pays dividends. This is where a veteran quarterback takes what could be very questionable circumstances and, you know, being the underdog in these road games, and suddenly you're in pitched battle with a chance to win and really advance your season and keep your season alive. This is where we find out, Zach, I think, whether or not the Broncos were right to go out on a limb, give up a fourth-round pick, and 
allocate nearly $20 million to pay Joe Flacco this year. Yeah, that's why they brought him in. They want to try to at least in the short term compete with Mahomes, compete with Derek Carr, compete with Rivers, and have their own quote-unquote franchise quarterback. I think they'll split this game. It it all depends on what they do before. I mean, they can be double-digit losses by this point. They can be out of it. It just depends on the situation. It, like I said, it lightens up toward the end. If they win that game, Chad, they can give them some momentum. And I see them just running the table with the Lions and the Raiders. You never know. Nine and seven wild card could happen. Okay. Let's go through and let's, let's, let's do this. I'm going to go through each game here and I'll keep a running tally uh, on my end. Okay. But let's go through each game off the cuff. You tell me if it's a win or a loss and I'll do the same. And then we'll tally it at the end schedule prediction for the Denver Broncos in uh, 2019. All right, so let's roll this all the way back to week one. The Broncos are going on the road to face the Raiders. Zach, I'm going to call this one a win for Denver. What do you got here? Yeah, I think they'll pull it out. I have faith in Fangio on the road. Okay. Week two, the Denver Broncos home against the Chicago Bears. We get to see Vic Fangio face off against his former team. Who you got here? I have the Bears pulling this out. I think they're just more seasoned and they'll, they'll weather the storm in Denver. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Broncos here. I'm gonna just because it's at home. If the Broncos were on the road to face the Bears, I would probably circle this one as a loss. Zach, you got it as a loss. Week three, the Broncos go on the road, take on the Green Bay Packers. Who you got here? I'm taking the Packers. I think the offense is too much to overcome, and Flacco will keep them in the game. But a late interception does the Broncos in. I too have this one as a loss. We go to week four, close out the quarter, home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who you got here? Win. Fairly easy win. Nice win. Me too. Broncos beat the Jaguars at home. Flacco versus Foles. Flacco emerges on top. And then week five, the Broncos go on the road to face the Chargers where they won last year. Who you got in this game? Yeah, I think they'll keep it going. I have the Broncos uh, splitting with the Chargers, so I think they win this game. Okay, me too. I think the Broncos win this one. Week six at home against Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. Who you got? I have the Broncos in this game. Like I said, I think this could be a blowout and like a three-game winning streak and look at the Broncos all of a sudden. Yeah, me too. Broncos are going to beat the Titans. Week seven, this is the first big test against Mahomes, except it's going to be in Denver, of course. Who you got? Uh, The Broncos will get a little too, you know, they'll read their own press clippings. I have the Chiefs pulling this out. Okay. I'm going to I'm just for the sake of keeping it 100, I'm going to call this a loss as well, though this is one of those games I won't be surprised if the Broncos win it. Now, we reserve the right obviously. This is way early to change this and I'm sure what takes place between week 1 and week 6 is going to inform our own, you know, when we do the mile high round tables week to week next season or this coming season I should say. My opinion here could very well change, but and in April, I got the Broncos losing to the Chiefs in Week 7 at home as well. Week 8, on the road, Andrew Luck and the Colts. Who you got, Zach? Tough to pull it out there. I have the Broncos coming just short within a point or two on this game. Me as well. The Broncos traditionally have just simply struggled to beat Andrew Luck in his own house. I've got this as a loss. And then back home to face Baker Mayfield and the Browns last year. Let us not forget, this game came down to the wire. The Browns, if I'm not mistaken, they won by a single point. Mm-hmm. I got the Browns losing this game. I think the Broncos will beat Baker Mayfield. I have the Broncos losing this game again. I think Baker's too much to overcome for them. Okay. All right, I'm keeping a tally here. We'll, we'll do it at the end. Then week 10 by, licking the wounds, come out, go on the road to face Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Who you got? 
Win, Denver. Okay. I've got this one as a win. As No, I'm going to take this one as a loss. I think the Broncos mm. lose. You've got it as a win. Week 11. Uh, then week 12, the Buffalo Bills. Who you got? Uh, the Broncos. In this. Excuse me. I, it's going to be tough for them, but I, I, as long as it doesn't flurry your blizzard, I have the Broncos in this game in a minor upset. Me as well. I think the Broncos are going to beat the Bills. And as you mentioned earlier, this is going to be a game that edge rushers just feast on Josh Allen. Okay, week 13, Broncos are home. You picked the Broncos to win in, in the away game earlier against the Chargers, as did I, who you got in week 13 in Denver. I think they split, so I have the Chargers winning this game. Me too. And even though fans are going, well, if you're going to choose a split, why are you choosing the split to be on the road? I don't know. It's just the way it's worked out. Right, yeah. It's just a gut feeling right now. It's just a gut. So, All right, next the Broncos go on the road to face the Houston Texans. Who you got, Zach? I have the Broncos pulling this game out. I think they'll do enough to overcome that Texans offense. Okay, this is one that I just think the Broncos struggle on the road against a quality opponent. It's going to be a good defense. Talented young quarterback. I'll take this one as a loss. Week 15, the Broncos go on the road to face the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. I've got this one as a loss. Zach, what do you got? You know, I said the Broncos would split, but I just I have more faith right now. I know Broncos fans are going to roast me for this combat. I just have more faith right now in Kansas City. I have the Broncos coming up short in this game, so make it a— yeah, I mean, they I could, think it's fair it to say, Zach, we, we feel like there's a good chance that they can split this year. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it realistic as much as possible on April 21st as it stands yeah. right now, you know. All right, Zach, so then the Broncos, again, close out the season at home, two home stands back-to-back, one against the Lions, one against the Raiders. Who you got? The Lions won't be an issue. That's a win for Denver. I do have the Broncos going down in the finale. Like I said, they'll sweep. And 9-7 is my final prediction, Chad. They will make the playoffs, but that's a that's a three-game improvement. That's a much-needed improvement and hope for the future for the Broncos fan base. Okay. I got the Broncos beating both the Lions and the, the uh, Raiders at home. And so we're both end up at 9-7. and seven. And so it's kind of interesting to see. We, we got there in different ways. I think that that's a reasonable projection at this point. It's probably optimistic, but I still think it's within the realm of the possible, Zach. It's still within the realm of the reasonable. And if you look at it like, hey, you know, if one or two of these games, like against the Chiefs, if they can win one of those games, they get to 10. Uh, But at the same time, if they lose maybe to the Bills or they – there's ways that this thing could go off the rails as well, but – I think it's it's a pretty fair projection at this point, and even though it might be tipping the scales on the side of optimism a little bit, nine and seven, that would be a huge improvement. Like two games over, uh, or three games over uh, the previous win totals, that would be huge. That. Yeah, and you know it's April now. It's the time for optimism. So a nine and seven record prediction. It's not just predicting the Broncos to go, you know, fifteen and one here. It wouldn't be that far off the course. The Broncos will be better this year in the win column by virtue of better coaching alone. I could see eight and eight for sure. I can see nine and seven easily. I don't see ten and six, but you would take any Broncos fan with a first time head coach and all these new moving parts and Joe Flacco nine and seven and and to build for the long term. I think any Broncos fan would accept that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll circle back to the schedule again once we get through camp, once we get through the preseason, and we have a lot more information with which to not only judge the Broncos, and but also their opponents, right? We'll get to see how teams are looking in the preseason, if there's any injuries around the league, and 
things like that. So we'll we'll circle back to the schedule again late this summer. But in the meantime, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Don't forget to go leave your creative review on iTunes, you guys. We're going to give away a Mile High Huddle hat. It's rad. It's orange. It's got Broncos colors. It's got the Mile High Huddle logo. Zach and I, after the draft, we're going to get some actual Huddle Up Podcast merch made up and we'll find creative ways to give that away as well to our great listeners so if you want to get one of those hats shipped to you on saturday get out there and leave your creative review on itunes make sure you're following the show on twitter at huddle up pod you can find zach on twitter at kelberman 24 7 myself at chad and jensen stay tuned we'll be back tomorrow tuesday to break down john elway's pre-draft press conference for zach kelberman i'm chad jensen we'll talk to you soon You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.